Hello and welcome to the Mr. Olin podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten and as super usual, I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you? Very, very good. Um, I would like to apologise for absence over the last few weeks. I have been in Sicily, um, sunning it up by the pool, which was lovely. So Eating I apologise. Eating Gabagool. by the pool. Nice. So I apologise <laughs> that we haven't been there uh, for the last few weeks, but we're back now. You're welcome. Jacob, how are you? Yes, yeah, I'm very well, mate. Thank you very well. Sitting in uh, sunny Nottingham. Not eating gabagool by the pool. No. But, uh, yeah, just waiting no. for you to come back and, and say, where are we calling today? Well, I am back um, after living the good life, but we could be living an even better life if you, you listening out there could help us out because on our YouTube at the minute, I don't know if a few weeks ago you might remember we asked if you could subscribe to get it to 900 subscribers on YouTube. Oh, well, now we're on 987 and we're 13 away from 1,000. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, or if you're watching this for the first time on YouTube and you're not subscribed, please do us a massive favor and hit that subscribe button. Get us to 1,000. It would be hugely appreciated. We never thought we'd get to 900, never mind 1,000. So. Yeah, it would be great if you could. Thanks a lot. Yes, thank you very much. So on to um, Forest versus Brentford, JJ. Wait, wait, wait. We haven't talked about Burnley, have we? Cover that. Cover that. We haven't talked about Burnley, but no one cares about that anymore. It's fine. I think I I, I summarise super quick. Then Uh, I think the Burnley game. I think we started really well. I think we've it almost looked like the opposite of what normally happens where we start a bit slow and we come really come into the game last half an hour. I think we started the first half an hour really well and we kind of slunk out of the game. I thought we did really well to get the goal back. Um it's definitely handball by Berger in the build up to their to their second that got disallowed, so I'm really glad to see that. Um just a just just a bit disappointed we couldn't really push on and, and get the win. Yes. Couldn't really care. We're not going to go over it because it was a long time ago, but Burnley, happy to get a point. City, happy to only lose by two and give a good performance. On to Brentford. Yep. Next. Next, Brentford. Okay, so we start out so with, with, a, with a start in 11. We, we line up with a 4-3-3, which is, I think, what most people really want us to see. Um, obviously, we, we had a few issues with, there was no Olaraina was there or Nuno Tavares. Um, I don't know. Aina keeps seems he keeps getting injured in training, maybe because he keeps you play like one or two games and disappear for one, then come back. It's, you know, um, near Carter at left back. I don't think anybody thought that was particularly not necessarily going to end well, but thought it was maybe a good idea. Um, if I'm Harry Toffler sat on the bench, I am fuming. Uh, no Ryan Yates. I'm not sure if they've disclosed what's wrong with him, which it, but he's he's a huge miss. It probably possibly explains why he's not started. I don't think he started a single game this season, has he? But because um, I thought he'd be a shoe in for, for some of the games, given his performances from the bench, uh, and a and a debut for Murillo. Yes, um, I think Yates started against Chelsea. I believe um, could be the only one, um, but no, he came on. Came he, on. He started, but don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, the the lineup. Uh, was announced. I was fairly surprised to see Murillo sort of thrown in for a debut. Definitely wasn't expecting that, um, but I guess it's a good game to chuck him in at. No Morgan Gibbs-White. 
slightly surprised at that, but also not really. It makes sense. If we want to get free in midfield and free up top, it sort of makes sense that he's the one to make way. And I think he needed a bit of a boot up the arse as well, didn't he? Not, 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 like, not like he'd been bad, but like just a... You know, start from the bench, have a bit of a break. He's had a long summer, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, my second part of that was, yeah, he needed a, a swift kick up the arse. So uh, it made sense. And as we saw when he eventually came on, which we'll talk about later, you know, he was better for it. So um it was an interesting lineup. I thought we had enough from that um, to sort of win the midfield. Interested to see how our defence would shape up. Um, with the surprise inclusion of Murillo and Niakate at left back, but I wasn't concerned when I saw that lineup. No, no, uh, I, I've just checked. I do apologise. Yates did start against Chelsea. Um, so yeah, first off, ones. I think you know we st- we did start brightly, um, but I think by and large it was a, it was a bit dull, wasn't it? Um, and when you did have the ball in the back of there, it was just just offside, um, and then Brentford started coming into it. Um, it sort of feels like that's how our how our games against the lower level opposition go, doesn't it, JJ? We we you know we're not really sure how to throw punches at them. It feels to me like we do. You know, do we do we settle defensively like we do against because we're really successful against the bigger teams? Even if you look at the games we lost, you know, Arsenal, City, United. I think we played really well in all three of those games and only lost by the odd goal. Um, but we, you can't really do that against teams that are around your kind of levels because they're probably looking to do the same thing. You nullify each other, the old goal or nick it, um, and it's not always. It doesn't always go to us, does it? So, I think we're. I think it's nice to see Cooper mixing it up against these these teams, but I, it just it's failing. It's not. It's not clicking yet, is it? Really? No, and I think we looked bright. Um, we we for the first time in a while we looked quite comfortable in possession. Brentford were happy to let us have the ball. Um, we just couldn't capitalise enough to sort of, like you say, land a punch. Um, we, I'd say we tried to throw a few if we were using that analogy, like there was the odd time where it looked like we threatened to do something. But just that slight lack of ability to sort of get the ball in the back of the net uh, still still persists. But it it's nice to sort of sit here and say, that we're playing comfortable against this level of team and comparing ourselves to a team like Brentford because as it stands, I know people aren't always a fan of Brentford within the Forest community, but I would define them as a sort of mid-table, sort of, you know, hovering around mid-table club. Um, I wouldn't define them as a as a relegation-threatened club. So no. we're talking about being in the company of Brentford and later we're going to talk about being in the company of teams like Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it's nice to talk about us setting up against similar-minded teams and similar performing teams like Brentford, because um, I think that does show a, an element of progress from where we were last season. Um, I think Brentford, I, I, I don't like him, but Brentford have a very good manager, and I think he is yep. very similar to Steve Cooper in the way he sets up. Mm-hmm. They're fluid. You know, they don't just stick to one formation depending on how the game is going or how the opposition, you know, lines up. They're fluid in their their style and formation. So, yeah, Brentford were comfortable allowing us to have the ball. We did look bright. We looked good in the first half um, and they definitely came into it and settled into it towards the second half. And my mate messaged me um, 
who's a Sheffield Wednesday supporter, and he just messaged me saying, I've had to turn your game off because this is unwatchable. Um, and I can see why, if you didn't support Forest or Brentford, it would probably be a little bit of a boring game to watch because you can't really point to too much happening in that first half. Um, we'll get to it, but a lot started to happen in the second half. But yeah, first half was largely comfortable for me. And I just yeah. thought, I can only really see this going one way at the moment. And that mm-hmm. will be Forest edging uh, the, the three points. Um, yeah. it- but as typical Forest goes, we don't <laughs> often do two halves well. No, no, we do not know. Uh, I think you're pointing around having a having a nice base. You know, it's we, you know we're not we're not losing. We've you know we've been pretty comfortable. It's a really nice base to build on in the second half. Whereas what actually happened was Musinier Carte came out and it was a clumsy challenge for the second yellow. Uh, I mean, I I don't think anybody would have really minded if it wasn't a yellow card, but. I don't think anyone would also argue that it was a yellow card. Um, it was certainly no intent, but it was just extremely clumsy, wasn't it? Because he, yeah, he had two or three digs at it first, where he's he tried to get the ball and maybe got. I don't, I don't even think he got frustrated. I think he's just tried to go for the ball again. The players come across him, and he's got him on the back of the leg, hasn't he? So, I would say, yeah. I'd say that clumsy summarizes the whole team coming out of the second half. I think we were mm. clumsy in general. Um, before that, there was obviously the contentious. Uh, potential penalty of Turner just taking way too long to oh, yes. clear Sorry, the yeah, ball yeah. Um, Wissa sliding and you know the ball ends up trickling Absolute. towards the goal line yeah. while he clears it penalty like it is a penalty I, I can I can only I can only think and I, and, I, and I don't think this is exactly what happened but in my head I can only think that it wasn't a penalty because they played the advantage in case the ball went into the back of the net. And obviously an advantage doesn't have to end with a positive outcome. You know, if the ball had gone in the back of the net, they wouldn't have wanted the penalty, would they? Mm. I can only I can only imagine that that is the reasoning it wasn't looked at or given as a penalty. But in my opinion, it was a stonewall penalty. Um, I just, you know, and even a red card because he's not trying to play the ball as he's just le- legged him up. So... I don't, I don't really get it, and obviously, I think with what happened in the Spurs match on the Saturday, I think it kind of it's, it's flown under the radar, hasn't it? Yeah, it's <clears throat> it was a penalty for me, um, and whether the advantage was the reason it wasn't given, the problem with all these things are it doesn't get explained, and nobody knows why. And was it looked at? Was it checked? Um, I can't quite remember if I heard them say it was being checked, or if it was checked, was it not given, and why was it not given? And the communication to the people watching is better than the communication to the fans in the ground. And I think there'd be a lot of fans in the ground that wouldn't even know that it was being checked or that there was a potential for a penalty there. So on reflection, watching it back, I do think Brentford can feel aggrieved at that decision. However, it balances itself out because last season, we remember what happened with that very same player when they were gifted a penalty um, when Dean Henderson supposedly tackled him and VAR Mm -hmm. or whoever apologized and said it wasn't because it wasn't enough contact. So they can definitely feel aggrieved. We could definitely feel aggrieved last year. It's evened itself out. We were very lucky to get away with it. Um, But I think in general, extremely clumsy from Turner. And after we talk about sort of the game, it's definitely worth us talking about his performance in general. Um, But yeah, just, 
very clumsy second half and back to the near Carte yellow was yes. was a yellow. Um both were yellows for me. Um he definitely I think it was intentional, but it wasn't malicious. I think it was again clumsy uh, and looked worse than it his intention wasn't malicious yes. at all. Yeah. Um it was a genuine attempt. It was just unfortunate, a bit naive and left us in a tricky situation. Yeah, and and I think that tricky situation is summed up because obviously the, the ball in from the free kick is literally headed into the back of the net by by somebody who's unmarked. And I can only presume that they were unmarked because of this organization following the red card. Um I think it was Murillo's man, but I wouldn't have been surprised to 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 see or hear that, you know, prior to being sent off, it was near Carte's man, if that makes sense. Mm. Um I don't think Turner shrouds himself in glory. With, with trying to keep the header out. It was a free header and it was a decent header, but I don't know. I still I still think he could have got a strong hand to it and just pushed it away. Um, yeah. Well, he also thinks especially that. Especially his reaction afterwards as well. Yeah, he also th- thinks that and I'll give him kudos to admitting a mistake um, mm. and coming out and saying, I think he said, I should have just caught it. Um, I believe he said that anyway, but either way, um, he didn't crown himself in any glory, but none of our defence did and we can say that's near Carte's man, but you know, to some degree, yeah, he's still been picked up. Yeah, but it's just a up. disorganization, isn't it? Yeah, sloppy, very sloppy. And you, you knew it was going to happen from the red card uh, and the resulting free kick. And yeah. from that, you know, it, it feels like a very long way to go. Ten men, uh, one nil down against a, a, a good team um, that we're finally balanced with as it is. Mm. I personally thought this is it. Really, I don't know if we can. I think it would. I always thought it might end one nil. I don't know if they'll particularly score any more, but I mm. can't see how we're gonna, you know, put the ball in the back of the net and pull it back, so to speak. And then what actually happens is um, we do pretty good. Um, we bring on who do we bring on? Toffolo, Morgan Gibbs, White. Um, Morgan Gibbs, White's ball out to Harry Toffolo was probably even better than the ball in which is saying something from Toflo and then Nico Dominguez's header good good lord what what a what a, uh, I've seen a few people say it's a goalkeeping error but not for me I think it was just a great looping header um uh, yeah just just a wonderful goal yeah I mean I don't think the ball oh a lovely ball out to Toflo but it wasn't better than the cross the cross was perfect um and Toflo in general really impressed me when he came on um he looked hungry. He looked up for it. He must have had a tenner on Forest 1-1 because uh, <laughs> he, he, he looked good. And I don't think I've really seen that from Toffler. Like We've seen some good performances, but he looked fired up, which you know showcases the next man up man- mentality that this Forest squad has. So it's great yeah. to see. And if at the start of the game, obviously we saw Nia Kate at left back, if that said Toffolo, I generally don't think I'd have been too happy about that and thought surely we're at a stage now where Toffolo shouldn't be starting at left back but he did enough yesterday to convince me yesterday sorry he did enough against Brentford to convince me that you know I wouldn't be too aggrieved if he did start because he looked really good yeah Um, I think sorry just just to say there as well like I think the thing for me was as well not only did we lose out by having a centre-back at left back with Nicarte, but we also lose out by not having our best centre-back at centre-back, if that makes sense. So, mm. you know, I'd rather have played Toffolo and accept that he's maybe not at the level we want to be at, 
but we're we're still up on the levels because we've got our best centre back playing his best position. If that makes sense, just yeah. it didn't. It, yeah, it's one of those things where it's fine after the fact to look at it. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I just looking at it back, I'm like, we we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk centre backs as well after after mm. the game because I thought Bolly and Murillo did brilliantly. Um, but back to the header, beautiful header. It was a great cross, really good cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but the header was something else. Um, yes. Unsure how he managed to loop it with such pace and power over a keeper from where he did, but it was a brilliant header. And Dominguez excites me a lot as a Forest fan. Um, yes. He looked great against City. Tough place to sort of be dropped in, but he looked brilliant mm-hmm. and you could see an element of tenacity and what he can bring to the midfield. But I think he cemented that against Brentford by showing what he brings to midfield. And I think he has made himself essential already, that midfield. So yeah, he sort of floated under the radar a little bit um, in terms of the transfer window because we got someone like Sangari in and we got hudson Adoy in, but he is a very exciting addition. And, you know, the fact that we swap plus cash for Remo Freuler um, is a fantastic bit of business. And I think he's got... I didn't think it was plus cash. I just thought it was a straight swap. No, I think it was like eight or nine million on top of that. Um, Something like that. I can certainly be corrected. But um, I think Freuler always threatened to sort of dictate the game, but never quite did. And we saw elements of his play where I think he's a great player. And just look at what he does and what he brings to the team. And I still think that, however... If I had to match the two up, I know the different players. I would probably choose. I mean, I'd definitely choose Dominguez. I think he he looks like a great great player. So brilliant header to get us back into it. Um, great to see his passion in scoring and Gibbs White's passion mm. in scoring uh, in him scoring as well. It was great to see. Yeah, I think a, a great a great follow through there for around Gibbs passion, Gibbs White passion of the. Um, the hunger. Was it? Was it a corner that we had, or a free kick? And basically, we, yeah. we've put it in, and then it's it basically Brentford have counterattacked really, really well. But then, you know, like Grease Lightning, Morgan Gibbs White's raced back and slid in on Wemo and going mad in front of the uh, Brian Clough stand. It was just, it, it was exactly the kind of thing that dropping him was meant to do, and it did it. If that makes sense, you know, yeah. he's had a, you know, he's not playing the full match. He's come on and he's hungry. He's got a point to prove. He's taking it on the chin seemingly and you know he's ready to now go right gaffer don't do that again because I'm I'm shit up which is you know it's just wonderful to see yeah I think um I think Steve Cooper is and this is why he's a great manager was very clever in his description of why Gibbs White wasn't playing because he didn't use language like dropping um he used language like resting for example Mm -hmm. so um obviously very good in his man management, but it proved the point that we needed it to prove. And I think Gibbs White will only be better for it, knowing that he isn't completely undroppable because for the last few weeks, I have, we've all been saying that Gibbs White doesn't quite have that sort of influence that he did last season at the minute. And there's something where it's not quite working or he's overthinking it. And he has had a busy summer and he's not really had a rest and, all that stuff and the response has always been yes, but this team is built around him and he is undroppable. But that isn't true because he was yeah. dropped or rested, whatever language you want to use. Um, so it proves to him that, you know, he isn't undroppable. And 
his influence when he came on, I think has been more than any other game. You can shout about his two assists against Man United, but you know one of them was Taiwo who did all the work and the other one hit Bolly's face. So I don't think, um, <laughs> you know, obviously great that he, he has those stats, but stats don't paint the whole picture. Um, no. And I think we'll no. see a hungry, determined Gibbs White. And I think we always have this season. I'm not saying he's not either of those things or hasn't been either of those things he has it just hasn't quite come off and sometimes that is football but from here onwards I think he will kick on I don't know if he'll start the next game I think the 4-3-3 there's a little bit of tweaking needed to be done to get him back in um, but we know his quality we know his influence we know his creativity I, so I think he will start the next game we'll, we'll discuss it we will discuss it um, but yeah I mean the passion the passion to to tackle and um, celebrate like that as if he scored a goal. That's what Forest fans want to see and that's what Forest fans love. Like They yep. love a player that gives their all and he is one of those players. So yeah, yes. love to see that. Really love to see that. Absolutely. And I, I think another... another um, well, actually, I think that's probably it for like talking points of the game. I think the only other talking point from the game is the fact that there was 13 minutes added on. Yeah, I wasn't too I, happy about that. I I would have I would have swallowed anywhere between kind of six and eight because yeah. you know there was a red card and two goals and you know some substitutions and stuff like that. But thirteen minutes, I just yeah. I, and you know, I think I touched on it earlier around. You know, there's the whole Tottenham Tottenham Liverpool game. You know, we've had our we've had decisions as well. I just. I think the, the the whole refereeing situation at the minute it's they're in a bit of a, a bit of disrepair at the minute. I think that they they've not got a lot of shit in the bank with 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 fans and things like that. Just like thirty, where did it come from? It doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, I'm more than happy to be wrong. If anyone in the comments can let us know, you know, tot it up maybe from the game. But yeah, it just doesn't just doesn't make yeah. sense. It's one of those things. It's another addition to the modern game that's difficult to get to grips with because you're looking at the clock and you're looking at it being 88 minutes, 89 minutes, you're thinking, right, come on, we're nearly there. Come on, we could get a point from this. It would be a very good point. Let's get it. Then 13 minutes are put up on the board and you think, fucking hell fire. And the thing that I will go back to is, I mean, as Forest fans, added time or injury time is never nice anyway. But, you know, a few weeks ago, Sheffield United were beating Spurs away 1-0 and Spurs scored in the 98th minute, in the 100th minute and Sheffield United had a player sent off in the 114th minute, or 104th minute, whatever it is. Um, not 114th. So, you know, a lot can happen in 14 minutes at a time. A hell of a lot because it's 14 minutes. So, us having 13 minutes worried me. Um I think, you know, we did well to grind it out and the whole second half following the red card and goal down, we did well to grind out the result. But it's an extra element of worry that I do not need as a Forest fan. So wild. Yeah. It's tough to get I to think, grips with. I think for me as a football fan, I think I, I have absolutely no issue with it being 13 minutes. I just don't know where it came from. I think what they're actually, personally for me, what they're actually doing with all this out of time on is, is, is good. I think it's a good thing. I liked it at the World Cup. Um, I just think for me personally, it's probably, there's two, there's probably two ways of doing it to bring the fans, to get the fans more engaged in it. And that is one, either move to a stop clock like they have in rugby. 
um, where literally as soon as it ticks over to the, in rugby, as soon as it ticks over to 80 minutes, the clock goes red and the next time the ball goes dead, the game stops. Or put the referee's time uh, um, stopwatch on the board so that you know when he, when he stops it, it counts up on the board. So everybody knows how much added time is and it's not a surprise if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I just think that they need to, and this goes for all of, all of refer- officiating in football at the minute. I think they just need to bring the fans into it more. You, you, you said it about the VAR check for the, for the whistle goal and uh, for the whistle penalty and stuff like that. It wasn't checked, but you know, let's hear what the referees are saying, you know, kind of partially mic them up. Let's, you know, look at the women's world cup where they, where they explain the VAR decision. It's much harder to explain, to, to argue and, and disagree with someone when they've calmly and rationally explained what they saw and why they're giving a decision. You know, you can't just blindly go there and sit there and swear and shout and go, you know, it makes no sense, blah, blah, blah. Whereas if they say I'm giving this because this is what I saw, you might still disagree, but it's harder to argue with it. If that makes sense. I think, transparency and clarity mm. for the paying fans and watching fans that are wanting to, they're interested in the sport and watching the game is essential for the enjoyment of the sport and also you know i'd say like lack of frustration after the fact but you know if a watching fan or a fan in the stadium were privy to the scenes of the liverpool offside if you could hear those discussions mm. live in the stadium and uh, watching, you know, you'd seen the the fallout following that release of the audio, but I think obviously if it was live, it would have been even worse. So there, there's a lot of work to do in general to make these new additions beneficial and clear for the paying mm. and watching fan. Um, they're just not quite there at the minute. No. Absolutely. Um, so I think a, f- a few special mentions to, to, to run through. I think um, Bolly and Murillo were, were fantastic, uh, particularly Murillo on his debut. Um, Dominguez, again, another sensational performance. It's a shame that he's injured. Uh, hopefully it's not for a long time because I, th- I think he could be a really key part of this season. Uh, we've already touched it. Toflo came on and, and was brilliant. Uh, next man up mentality. Um, glad to see that the the whole betting stuff hasn't hasn't kind of got to him, or certainly doesn't look like it has. Um, and and Sangare as well, who's, who's really starting to, it's uh, kind of reminding me a little bit of Morgan Gibbs White last season, where he took a bit of time to grow into into what we're trying to do. But uh, you know, I think we're really starting to see him him come to fruition as well. Mm. Yeah, some of the little things that Sangare did were lovely, um, mm. and Murillo particular for me I thought he had a great debut and he's very very young and he's played very few professional games but I'm not too sure you could tell obviously he had a bit of a shaky start which is normal but you know there's flashes there and there's uh, saved a goal on the line Um, but in particular the run that he did out from defence that alone has given me a lot of promise Um, yes so He's brilliant. And Bolly has been one of our most consistent performers this season. Yeah. He's had, I think he's had one one, one or two games where he's been poor, but the rest of the team were. Um, But largely, you know, he's been, he's been great. And his last minute Bolly blocks, um, I just love to see them. Um, He's, he's sort of got that as a bit of a trademark now. So it's an exciting time. Um, Some very positive performances. But um, 
a performance that we semi-discussed earlier that we need to touch upon that was a negative one for me was Turner's. So Jacob, hit me. Does he need to be dropped? I think he's had some good matches for us. Um, I've been disappointed by him in the last couple of matches. I, I think for me, he probably gets one more game. And the, the, I'm reminded of the situation when when we were coming up at the championship with Vol when because uh, everyone, I think, a lot of people forget that Brees Samra actually got dropped that season. You know, forget how good he was in the in the playoffs and the final and all that stuff. But he actually got dropped for being, you know, good for for punching a Stoke player in the back of the head and getting sent off. Um, and Horvath came in, and, and I don't really think Ethan Horvath did anything wrong to get to to, to, to lose his place. I think he just came back from international duty yeah. late, didn't he? Uh, for no fault of his own. So I think it's it's probably a bit of a similar situation to that in that I think I think. Uh, Vlakadimos is the is the first was signed as to be the first choice goalkeeper. Um, I think it's fair that Turner wasn't dropped immediately. I think he's probably if he hasn't done enough already to get dropped. I think he's on. I think he's got one more one more gaff in him, and then he will be dropped in in favor of Vlakadimos. But I don't really mind if he gets one more chance, and I don't really mind if he if he if he's not starting the next game. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um... I personally think he will be dropped. I think <clears throat> if Lacadimos has been brought in as the number one, you're essentially waiting for the reason to drop Turner because and he's, and he's he, done it. He, he has done it for me, and uh, he he has shown and showcased himself that he is a good keeper. And I have felt relatively confident with him in most of the games, but the last few, and particularly the last one against Brentford he hasn't filled me with confidence and looked shaky. And I think when you're bringing a player in to be the first choice in whatever position, but you've got a player in that spot that essentially it's their spot to lose, as soon as they give you a window to say, right, well, now you're out, that's always going to happen. And I think he did more than enough to sort of give Cooper a reason to instill Vlakadimos as a first choice keeper. Um, mm-hmm. And then we go to this next thing where if Turner is dropped, it's the new keeper's sort of spot to lose. And if he has a gaff, yeah. Turner's back in. And if he is, I'm still confident because I know he's a good keeper because I've seen it. So mm-hmm. we're in a good spot where we've got, I, we haven't seen this guy. I've heard very good things, but Vlakadimos is supposedly a good keeper. So if he show, shows that, brilliant. And if not, I'm happy with Turner anyway. Largely, yeah. um, obviously not always convinced, but uh, if this guy's better than than great, but you know it's better than having I think Horvath or Hennessy as a backup because then you would feel less confident. But as it stands, you know it doesn't really matter. So no, yeah, I think I think it's time for him to be dropped. He seems like a a good character. He seems yeah. to be reflective and honest and open in admitting his mistakes. Um. And if anything, the next time he gets a chance, if it is next week and he isn't dropped, or if it's when he gets a chance to get back in the team, I think he will show hunger and determination to keep that spot and make that spot his own, which is, you know, a great characteristic of him. So, yeah, obviously no point second guessing whether he will or not, but I think it's time. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that takes us into uh, previewing Crystal Palace away, which is the Evening kickoff on Saturday? By by thirty. Yeah. Five thirty. Five thirty. Late, late afternoon kickoff. Yeah. Right, just, yeah. Just before that, let's just say uh Brentford, 
Forest v Brentford was billed as a super Sunday with it being the only game of the day and also it was Forest v Brentford. I'm a Forest fan and even I don't think it was that super. Right. So, ain't nothing super bad. There's <laughs> nothing super bad. But lovely to have uh, Forest on Sky in the evening. Showcased. Uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, so well, we're being showcased again, aren't we? This time away at um, Selhurst Park. Um, you've written an interesting stat here, JJ. So Palace haven't won, that's drawn three and lost three, or kept a clean sheet in any of the last six home league games against Nottingham Forest. And I think apart from last season's one, some of those go back a long, long time, yeah. don't they? Yeah, but, um, it's, it's one of those cases of that stat is favourable, but when you look back into it, it's probably a decent time ago since it made any sense. I, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting game. And I think this this is the kind of game we're going to, the result is going to show us as to whether we're going to be, are we fighting for kind of upper mid table, something in 10th, or are we better than the, better than the rest, if that makes sense. Mm. So are we going to be, are we, you know, if we, if we can go to Palace and get a good result, I'm talking like a, a you know, maybe a win or like a really positive draw. We could be fighting for that kind of mid-table spot. If we go there and 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 you know it's not you know we, we scrape a draw, we lose. I'm thinking you know we're at least not one of the four, maybe five worst team Premier League teams of all time. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, it's it's a very interesting fixture this one, and the sort of the the lexicon towards Forest at the minute is starting to shift in in the media there the influence of them saying mid-table clubs for Forest v Brentford. Thank you, Paddy Power. Um, and I heard, I think TalkSport build it as a mid-table clash or someone said this is boring because it's just two mid-table teams. So, you know, the language towards Forest is starting to change slightly, um, which could be too early, could be premature, but it's nice to be in those conversations. And I don't mm-hmm. think there's a team that identifies themselves as any more mid-table than Crystal Palace. I think they are great at cementing themselves as a mid-table club, um, capable of beating bigger teams, capable yep. of getting a good result against bigger teams, and capable of you know, smashing weak teams. So they're an interesting side, and I think at the moment, at where we are at with Forest at the minute, they're a team that we can aspire to be like. Um, so this fixture, like you say, does... I think, give us an idea where we are at. Whether the whole language of being a mid-table club is premature, whether we're pushing for more, or whether we're being too ambitious and we are, you know, we are still, like you say, the best of the rest and nice try, but you're lucky that there's a few teams worse than you. So Palace have just beaten Man United away. Um, Mm -hmm. Play them twice in a week. Cup game, you can't even look at for any influence on this fixture because they made a hell of a lot of changes Um, but their performance against Man United I think Man United are in trouble at the minute so I don't know if it is the best thing to say they've beaten Man United therefore they will beat us because I think Man United are in a very bad place at the minute Um, but they've had an okay start to the season Um, they've lost against teams you'd expect to lose to like Arsenal Villa and they're sort of drawn or beaten teams you'd expect them to beat, like uh, Sheffield United, Brentford, Wolves, Fulham, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it, it all makes sense at the minute. So 
I think it's going to be an interesting game. But like you say, it's going to show where we're at. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a, r- a real marker for the season, I think, early, early doors. What are you saying for the result then, JJ? I think it will be a tough battle and I think mm-hmm. we'll get points from this game. So I'm going to go with 1-1. One, one. Okay, I'm going to go 2-1 to Nottingham Forest. Ooh. Ooh. And away win. Yes. And an away win. win. I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm confident we can set the marker. That's, 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 that's where I'm going. Glass half yeah. full. That's good. Um, and I think we have shown enough in the last few weeks, and our squad shows enough to be ambitious and confident in predicting three points against Crystal Palace away. Yep. And they do have a good squad, but you know, you look at a few of the names, and we could do them on paper. So. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a really interesting game and I think we'll learn a lot from it and we'll be able to unpack a lot more about this squad after it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you're listening for the first time, thank you for finding us. Um, we really appreciate it. And if you are listening again, it means the world to us. Thank you very much. You Reds. Please subscribe and get us to 1,000. Thank you very much. You Reds.